0: Welcome to Witches Being Witches, spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch and Vedic
1: astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand The Purist Collection.
0: Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space and expresses herself
1: fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles and knows that she is magic. Welcome Welcome, fellow fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here.
0: Welcome to episode 48, Pluto and soul evolution. I'm excited to talk about Pluto because as a Vedic astrologer, we usually don't look at Pluto because it wasn't discovered until the 1930s. So, obviously, mm. this is long after the development of Vedic astrology, yeah, which is you know, over 5,000 years old. And so, typically, like I said, Vedic astrology doesn't look at Pluto or the influence of the outer planets mm. um, that aren't visible with the naked eye. Because, mm. yeah, the ancients obviously couldn't see them. But now yeah. with technology and yeah. advances, we can. So... It's just really piqued my interest into how these outer planets, especially Pluto, Mm. can show us some of our soul karmic lessons. So I've been diving into this. So. I'm excited to explore on this episode. Yeah,
1: I'm really excited to hear. Um, I really love when you explore the planets in relation to astrology and the bigger picture. I think it's just really cool to listen to. And it's always so nice to see you like lit up by what you're talking about. I'm really excited for that. But I'm also very excited, T, because you are in the middle of your um, very amazing Europe trip.
0: Yeah, so uh, when this goes out, I would have just come off our cruise. So, cruising down the Italian coast will oh. on this day be in Venice, about to head to Ireland for our friend's wedding. So,
1: so cool. So cool. Yes. Meanwhile, the Sea Witch is here in Perth where it is very um non beachy weather. And yeah, I'm just very slightly jealous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> escaping the winter. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: And enjoying European summer. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what else has been going on recently?
0: Well, I have been obsessed and I've been excited to speak to you about this mm-hmm. because I've been obsessed with the frequencies of fabric lately. Oh. And this is, you know, M and I, for those that have been listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. We originally met in fashion. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, yeah <laughs> and this is going back to the roots. Uh, but I don't know what got me onto this whole train of like looking at the frequencies in fabric, because mm. even though I have, you know, previously been so involved in the fashion industry, yeah, um, yeah that has never come into my awareness. And it's no. only now, but.
1: Well, we learned so much about fabric yeah. in studying fashion, but you, obviously we're never going to be taught yeah the, the, um, exactly. the vibrational energetics of fabrics so no this is cool
0: yeah and so there's a few items that I absolutely love in my wardrobe mm. and I was when I've been packing for for Europe I've been thinking okay how do I want to feel the best mm. and the fabrics that I've pulled out have all been natural fibers mm. and it started me thinking about, you know, like my Kundalini teachers and they are all wearing these natural fibres. And so I just went down this rabbit hole and I was like, there must be something to this if I'm feeling better in these garments. And so anyway, I was Mm. doing some research and there's actually a study done by this Jewish doctor, Heidi Yellman, and she has done this whole thing on the frequencies of fabric. And according to this um, study the uh the cottons and the linens Mm. and wool have incredible vibrational um frequencies and so yeah it makes sense that when we're wearing these fabrics that we're feeling better and it is helping with our energetic field whereas those lower vibrational fabrics Mm. um you know like your polyester and your rayon Mm. um have a lower registry Mm. on that frequency
1: because there's less well there's no nature in them right like there's none of that like um power of nature the vibration and energy of nature yeah yeah And so it's supposed to put a strain
0: on the body. So I thought, Mm. how incredible. So, um, yeah, wool and uh, linen Mm. is um, so, yeah, highly vibrational. And so, yeah, Yeah, I've just been obsessing over that. Cool. (laughs) So cool. Um, And the other thing I've been obsessing over is. Ina Segal's um, most recent book, Understanding mm. Modern Spirituality. I just finished reading that and I was just telling you, and before how I highly recommend it. It was just had so many concepts in it that on a soul level, like I've understood, but I've never read about. So mm. it's really nice to have like confirmation or that, yeah, like someone else just diving into these these topics. And as you know from our episode, um, if you've listened to it and Em, like Ina is really um, breaking the mould of mm. – uh, spirituality um, and that kind of new age spirituality yeah uh so it was really refreshing to read
1: yeah cool I'm really excited to read it yeah yeah, yeah. we um have taken interns so i'm yeah it's my turn now yeah so I'm, I'm excited yeah. to hear what you think yeah from. I'm really excited to read it i yeah have, as i've spoken about so many times i love um, her book the secret language of your body and I use it and reference it so often mm. um so yeah I'm really excited to read this one yeah Really excited
0: and what about you um, what are you obsessing over? Yeah,
1: well, I've actually gotten back into my Pilates recently um, after a bit of, well, I guess unintentional time off, really. I just hadn't, it just hadn't really crossed my horizons for a bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, absolutely loving that, like feeling um, a little bit sore actually now that I'm getting back into it because it just has this amazing knack for working on those muscles. Um, that either I don't use very often or that really needs some support especially mm. for me like I spend a lot of the time sitting um you know with working and etc so posturally like I know it's going to be really helpful for that so I'm really excited to be getting back into that um and I think it's just a really nice way you know like all kind of exercise and movement to bring me back kind of out of my head and into my body Mm, um really mindfully and have that awareness and yeah exactly so I'm really 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 enjoying that um and then the other thing that I'm actually really enjoying at the moment and I realized I don't think I've ever really kind of spoken about my obsessions um from a worky perspective all of that often before but as a naturopath and a herbal medicine practitioner um I do obviously really love herbs and nutrients and I'm, you know, working with them all the time. But um, I definitely go through phases of like really, um, I guess in a sense, obsessing over certain herbs or nutrients. Mm. And um, my latest one, actually, I've been feeling quite intuitive in my practice and, and my work clinical work recently and um I was really drawn back to a particular herb which I've always used um and I guess this is the thing with this herb is that it is usually used in conjunction with others but it kind of um crept back onto my radar just with that way that it feels um and that like yeah amazing energetic pull that it's almost had with me recently Mm. Um, but that herb is magnolia and magnolia as a plant I mean the flowers are stunning I'm sure everyone has seen magnolia flowers at some point or another Um, but magnolia is considered to be one of the oldest flowering plants and I was reading one um, piece that said that they think magnolia actually dates back like 95 million years so even prior to like bees being Mm. around Um, and then magnolia has actually evolved to then be pollinated by bees, which I think is so cool, Um, and used traditionally um, in traditional Chinese medicine. And um, really TCM loves magnolia for helping to clear stagnation. Um, And from a Western perspective, obviously, I'm not a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, but there is a lot of crossover. Um, But I love using it for stress, chronic and more acute Um, kind of short-term stress as well as that long-term chronic stress picture Um, and for anxiety and for sleep um, especially for depression and low mood it's just so incredibly calming and works really nicely for that high cortisol picture Um, and it really helps to support GABA production and we know that GABA is one of those key um, inhibitory neurotransmitters so um, for really calming, calming the body and calming the mind Um, so I really am loving using that at the moment because yes funnily enough most of my clients (laughs) um, as with most people in life tend to experience some level of stress um, and possibly issues with their sleep and or anxiety or low mood Um, and I really love using it for my clients in particular who are uh, struggling uh, menstrually so either uh, you know stressed about the fact that um, their periods bring pain for them, but also um, PMDD or that kind of uh, premenstrual stress, anxiety, sleep Mm. disturbance picture premenstrually as well. Um, But also Magnolia is really beautiful for digestion and the digestive, like health of our digestive system, um, which again, we know is so closely linked with the nervous system also. Mm. Um, But, yeah also amazing for our respiratory health so really nice for the sinuses and the throat so with it being winter here in Perth at the moment and everyone kind of getting run down with viruses left right and center um I think maybe that's also another reason why it's kind of crept back into my into my practice I guess but yeah, yeah I'm really loving it
0: I love when these like plant allies come into our yes, lives. Like yes yes yeah,
1: yeah such just beautiful
0: appear. support yeah
1: so yeah, that's my, they're my obsessions at the moment, I guess. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Um. So let's get into this episode. Yes, please.
1: Enlighten me.
0: Well, I wanted to give firstly some facts about Pluto. Uh, so Pluto is, it's the Greek, known as the Greek god of the underworld. So, mm. um, and this is really like with the qualities of Pluto because Pluto is that deep transformational power and that's why I think that connection to the underworld and and going really deep and also those karmic elements come into play there as well. Mm. But um, Pluto is also known as the higher octave of Mars and what that means is normally our higher octave is – a planet when we're talking about this phrase in Vedic astrology the higher octave is the progression and those energies of that planet is more refined and it is um represents more of the evolved expression of those qualities so whereas mars has more of like a raw expression and in its energy and is quite uh, fierce in that way, Pluto is, yes, it still has those qualities of being uh, quite um, revolutionary, quite transformational, but it's more refined mm. in its expression. So it's like Mars has that power, but it's more refined. Mm. So when we look at Pluto, it's actually – at the moment I don't know if this will change but at the moment it's not actually considered a planet anymore
1: yeah I always I I hear little things here and there yeah I don't really read too much about it but yeah I have heard Yeah, yeah so
0: we it's considered the ninth planet but since when it was discovered in the 1930s but in 2016 the international um astronomical union redefine the criteria of what qualities classify a planet as a planet and Pluto mm. didn't fit into that so it has been reclassified into a dwarf planet but it doesn't really matter oh, for cute. this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> purposes um, but there is like a lot of um, in the astronomy field you know there's a lot of speculation yeah, around that right. yeah Um, So Pluto takes – it's around 247 years to do one, um, like, revolve around the sun. Oh, wow. Um, So it has this super elliptical orbit, and that's why it takes that long. Wow. Uh, And then I wanted to talk about the current transits and where we are right now, um, where Pluto is, because Pluto – Um, has such a transformational impact on wherever it is Mm. we want to look at the transits and so in this is different obviously in western and vedic so i want to give both Mm. so in western pluto on march 23 2023 officially moved into the sign of aquarius Mm -hmm. and whereas in vedic Currently, Pluto went into Capricorn on the 26th of February, 2020. Mm. And I think this is really interesting to dive into, right? Because Mm. what was happening around the 26th of February, 2020? Mm -hmm. Okay, so keeping that in mind. So when we look at that energy, when Pluto is in Capricorn, there tends to be a focus on trans, like transformation because of that energy of Pluto. But in terms of it being in Capricorn, Capricorn is all to do with structures and systems and the government – and economic and social structures as well. Mm. So this Pluto being in Capricorn can bring some intense challenges around and exposing things into the light around Mm. corruption, abuse of power, Mm. outdated systems, and systems that need to be reformed. Mm. So on that collective level, Pluto in Capricorn is really – ...about the breakdown and the breakthroughs in those areas. Mm. And if we think about what has been happening since 2020... Mm. ...I can really see this. Those power struggles Mm. and that transparency... ...and their accountability in institutions and the government. I feel Mm. like this is very alive. And also those old systems that are no longer working for the collective... Mm. And this Pluto energy is all about, yes, like crumbling these systems and creating space for those new structures, and uh, yeah, new structures to emerge. So, mm. I think this is this is why I love looking at Vedic astrology in really understanding what the collective energy is at play, and so then we can start to understand, okay. How can we work with this? How do we know what you know? What's going on at the moment? Um, and so this can be a really beautiful time for, um, yeah, questioning those traditional hierarchies. And I think a lot of us have, mm. but also that personal empowerment that comes in as well, mm. and that um, opportunity to to see what is working for us and, and what isn't working mm. for us, especially mm. when it comes to. Um, the government the mm. economy and society and what it is that we really want so in a Vedic lens mm. we're in we have Pluto in Capricorn until 2040 wow. and so yeah you can really uh, start to understand a picture of, of what is really going to be the progression and how there is going to be this opportunity to yeah create new structures and Mm -hmm. and ways that we can that are going to work for us because when we think about these structures that we've created in the world Mm. where you know we've got more than we ever have and our resources Mm. and we have more opportunities than ever but you can in that regard you would think that our happiness or our measure of happiness yeah. would be going up yeah but it's actually done the opposite yeah, and it's declining yeah. yeah so i think with this pluto transit it's that collective opportunity for us to think mm. okay the structures and the systems that we've <laughs> we've put in place mm. are actually not working mm. for us mm. because Ha- overall happiness in the world is declining. So, mm. yeah, I think Pluto is this great opportunity for, for change in, in, in that way that we mm. um, live, work and play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is just the transit that I wanted to cover. But when we look at Pluto and its role in astrology and what we can learn from that – I've been looking at the branch of astrology called evolutionary astrology and this is the concept that astrology can be used as a spiritual growth and a personal evolution mm-hmm. so how we interpret the chart can really you know help us evolve as a soul mm. and I feel like this is very closely tied to Vedic astrology because this is the thing that I am most interested in: mm. is how we can use our chart to, yeah, learn our lessons, lean into them, and and progress on that soul level. But this specific branch of evolutionary astrology is um, Jeffrey Wolf Green actually developed it in the 1970s, and it really is described as this intersection of astrology psychology and spirituality Mm. and so this is why I really like it so it is really looking at the growth and the learning aspect and so looking at the chart for our soul's intentions our desires but also understanding our past life dynamics and how we can really use the chart as this tool for Um, growth in those areas and looking at the challenges that we uh, want to overcome in this lifetime and all for that soul evolution Mm. and you know I think this is why I resonate with this branch of astrology because it really emphasizes this personal responsibility and Mm. our power of free will and that we have yeah, control over, Mm. um, you know, the choices that we're making Mm. and with using the chart as a tool for us to uncover those patterns and, um, yeah, that support to help us grow and evolve Mm. is um, really powerful.
1: And I think what kind of comes to mind for me when you said that um, is how, you know, as humans and how society has evolved – Obviously, the way that we live our lives now is so different from how, you know, 5,000 years ago, people would have lived their lives. So when we're taking into account what our chart shows us and teaches us about those challenges, like our interpretation of that and the evolution of the interpretation of that as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Em. It's like we need that yeah. more than ever yeah. as yeah. an yeah. understanding. Because it's yeah.
1: obviously going to be common themes, mm. but... Yeah, like I mean, five thousand years ago, if I were a woman five thousand years ago, my life would look very, very, very mm. different to the way that it does now. Yeah, and so yeah, taking into account the evolution of the human species as yes. well. Yeah, yes,
0: and how complex. Yeah, it exactly. really has become. Yeah, hmm. uh, I recently saw um this this quote from lord krishna who is in an indian deity so indian god and he is known as the god of protection compassion uh, tenderness and love and in the gita he talks about uh, the evolution of the soul and how he talks about the evolution of the soul as coming back to the clothing element Mm. he says as a person puts on new garments giving up old ones similarly the soul accepts new material bodies giving Mm. up old and useless ones Mm. so really comparing that act of changing our clothes as the soul's progress of really um yeah going from one body into the other so obviously that reincarnation aspect mm. but what a lot of his teachings are around is that the soul is eternal and it's instruct um, indestructible and you know whereas the physical body is mm. temporary and you know changeable mm. when we um you know discard our our body in death then we're going on to the next journey. Mm. And I think this really ties into this aspect of evolutionary astrology because it makes us really zoom out and think, okay, my my soul is here Mm. to not just have a good time, Mm. but (laughs) like how can we really – um evolve and Mm. continue to evolve and it's like recently reading in ina's book and she speaks about you know yes we focus on our past lives but what about our future lives Mm. how do we want to be you know really embracing the soul lessons Mm. and really evolving our soul so we can attain that in vedic astrology what we call is moksha which is that final liberation and really reuniting with that whatever you would like to call that source energy or that mm. that divine supreme and so yeah it really is about this evolutionary about how can we put more emphasis on what the soul is really wanting to work through and learn Mm. and overcome Mm. uh, in this lifetime and so yeah that's why I've just become so fascinated with it because Mm. in evolutionary astrology there is this um, huge emphasis on Pluto and it shows Pluto as being deeply connected to our karmic journey and wherever Pluto is placed in our natal chart this can really give us an understanding of our past life dynamics and where we left off in our previous lifetimes Mm. and I think this is such an incredible insight because he can show us where we're going to have challenges where we're going to have opportunities, and yeah, how we can really, um, yeah, maximize what it is that we're wanting to to learn and grow through. Mm. And I have applied this to my own chart and other charts, and in my clients, and it just is so powerful. Mm. Just this play, just this one placement alone. Uh, it just gives us so much understanding and insight mm. so we i would encourage you to look at your own chart your vedic chart mm. and see where pluto is for you so see what zodiac sign it's in but also see what house it's in because just those two things are going to give you an understanding of yeah where that is intense focus for you so when it comes to our uh, deepest transformation, our growth, and our opportunity to release patterns is usually associated with that house. So, and gi- giving you a really good understanding of that karmic journey and also alchemizing it so it can be our potential power mm. and, yeah, ultimate um, evolution in that regard. Mm. So, Pluto in your birth chart is really going to represent, um, yeah, this wisdom. So Mm -hmm.
1: we'll have to pop, um, a link again into the show notes. Um, for those of you who haven't already looked at your Vedic chart before, um, just so that you can have a look at, um, yeah, through the resource that Tara recommends.
0: Yeah. And so when it comes to Pluto, Looking at it from a personal understanding, but also because Pluto stays in a sign um, for such a long time, it means that there's also a general vibration of an entire generation that that mm. per, like whoever you're Makes you're so born into, sense. and so it's really interesting to look at that as well those those years and how set generations have themes um, that's associated with that generation. And so I have looked into the evolutionary astrology around this, but because it is Western Mm. or the dates were in Western, so I've actually gone through and (laughs) I've done them all in Vedic. I did this by hand. the
1: cause. So good. (laughs) Yeah, because
0: I just couldn't find this information. And a lot Mm. of people do message me and they ask me, you know, where can I find this information? And I'm like, well, there's actually no resources like that. So it is a manual process at the moment. Um, But I'm definitely going to put these in the show notes so you can understand. You'll be able to see when, uh, where your zodiac sign is in Pluto and uh, get a basic understanding from that. Mm. But yeah, I think that is just a a really interesting um, Mm. thing to look at. Um, And I have done yours and mine, (laughs) Anne. And and yours is in the eighth house, Mm -hmm. uh, your natal Pluto. And mine's in the second house. Mm -hmm. And I just think this is so fascinating because when you're looking at Pluto and working with this energy and the lessons and the karmic insight you always want to go to the polarity point, which is the opposite house and the opposite sign. So Em and I have this in a few of our placements Mm. that they're they're, they're quite often opposite each other. So you're always wanting to go into the opposite. So I think it's really (laughs) interesting that, yeah, where I'm wanting to go to, is your sign yeah and like vice versa
1: we have so much to teach each other yeah
0: um so many lessons like that and another understanding of that is I am Virgo rising and M is Pisces rising and they're opposite each other in the energies and again like I am needing to lean more into that Pisces Mm. and M more into that Virgo and so Mm. just like the dynamics um is really interesting
1: we're like a magnet yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and so when we look at the the vedic understanding of where pluto is collectively Mm -hmm. so i'm definitely going to to put that up in in the show notes but when we yeah so there's going to be a theme and Em and I are both in Libra. That's where the zodiac sign is. Pluto is when we were both born. Yeah, okay. So we're both in so the that's same a generation. That yeah, yeah, so that generation. And so, for example, there is that, and this is quite generic because I'm not taking the house into consideration here, but Libra is all about finding that balance and that harmony in relationships. Mm. And there is this theme of intense power struggles and control and manipulation. And so Mm. there is this – there's patterns of behaviour and belief systems and it is really – that energy is – really wanting you to step into that authentic balanced relationships Mm. and because Libra is so relationship focused when I reflect in my life like I've had a lot of power struggles Mm. in um yeah as 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 like a general theme um and so I could really relate to this and when I went to see um my spiritual mentor who we've had on this mm. um, podcast before, Francesca, I remember the very first session she said with me, she was like, oh, there's this theme of personal power and where my Pluto is placed it's all to do with, yeah, having mm. personal power in this lifetime and, and refinding that. Um, and so leaning into this Pluto placement has really like helped me prioritize that Mm. um and really focus on it and i think this is the beautiful thing about vedic astrology is that it just gives you that conscious awareness Mm. of um yeah where you and confirming where you have those struggles Mm. and like how you can approach to um move through it Mm. and so with that Pluto is also seen as a shadow work. Like it's mm. seen as um, an aspect of shadow work. So even knowing where Pluto is in your chart can be the opportunity for you to start doing that shadow work journey mm. and really reflecting on that and having awareness. Um, and because it's that shadow work, it's normally those unconscious patterns and those suppressed emotions so having that understanding um, and doing the journaling and the meditation that can really help with that that healing Mm.
1: it's really interesting that um you mentioned with like our, our generation and that libra um and that power element and i wonder if that's part of the reason why you and i are so passionate about empowerment
0: yes
1: and like that's the whole theme of this podcast in case you didn't already know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's so true yeah because we've felt disempowered before yeah yeah we're so passionate about delivering empowerment to self and and others yeah yeah Mm.
0: I love that Mm. that's so true yeah I hadn't put those pieces together Mm.
1: um well that's what I'm here for (laughs) we're (laughs) each other's puzzle pieces
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I love that. And so when it comes to really working with that Pluto placement as well, it's really working on those deep inner healing. So it can look like, you know, because that shadow work can be around the trauma, um, but it's important to work with those modalities that can, you know, really help with that. Um, and help with those um, emotional blockages, and you know, like your vedic meditation, or your your journaling, or energy healing in um, other forms, just to really facilitate that transformation. And that Pluto energy is all about transformation, that rebirth. So, and letting go of those old patterns as well. And this is why we always l- want to look at the polarity point because what's really going to help with your Pluto placement is going to the opposite, which is that pl- a polarity point. And so going to the opposite is always going to be uncomfortable because it's not what we're used to. So this is why having these tools can, can be yeah, really powerful because we can really get out of that comfort zone and really go towards, yeah, uh, our authentic expression and really, um, yeah, integrating that shadow and and coming Mm. back into our authentic path. Mm. And it said we – so when Pluto, where it is in your natal chart, that is where you have left off your last lifetime. So, those are the lessons that you're really wanting to integrate. And so, that's where you kind of left off. So, that's where you need to be starting from those karmic yeah, lessons. Up and go from there. Yeah. Mm. And so, I think, yeah, Pluto can be really this illuminator for us to. Like I said, how we can evolve, how our soul can really progress for that final liberation. Because that's mm. what I'm i am so obsessed with mm. is, okay, how can I really start closing out these karmic loops? Mm. How can I work on a karmic level mm. to, I mean, Em and I have spoken about this before. I'm mm. like, I don't want to have another lifetime on this (laughs) earth (laughs) but yeah like for me final liberation moksha like Mm -hmm. um going into yeah that divine source and returning to that um Mm -hmm. that is like my biggest quest so Mm -hmm. yeah how can i really maximize this lifetime mm. and it's not just working obviously yes working on these lessons and evolving through these and alchemizing but it's the little things we do every day it's like our thoughts you know our thoughts are our actions and so how can we you know be the best person that we can be yeah. and this is where that um, spirituality really comes into to this because it is around that, um, you know, those morals and those values, mm. and um, yeah, really aligning us to um, live a life that is, um, you know, non-harmful to to ourselves and others. Yeah. And so, I think this is this evolutionary astrology is is really beautiful in putting that into into frame because it's not something that we're thinking about every day you know m- most of the time we're just trying to you know get through the day get everything done yeah tick the boxes yeah. yeah and I think we really need to make time for this it's it's yeah. imp- it's important like our soul growth and I mm. I think as a society we um have lost sight of mm. because you can't directly see the yes, correlation. Yes, yeah. We aren't giving it that priority. But mm. that self-mastery and that self-development mm. and understanding um is everything. Yeah, like it fits everything key. together. Yeah. And I think there collectively there's that disconnect. Um mm.
1: the distraction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I think this is a really uh, beautiful tool for us to just come back and think about that soul progression on that level mm. um, and and our journey. Mm. So, I don't know everyone listening to this podcast might not believe in reincarnation, but if you if you do believe in reincarnation and that our soul is eternal and indestructible Mm. and um how would that you know having that awareness Mm. how does that make you live differently Mm. like wouldn't you want to do as much as you could for the soul to evolve it in this Mm. in this lifetime in this journey in this personality Mm.
1: um and i guess if you don't believe in incarnation um like uh, well and even if you do like not only for your soul's evolution but like for the souls after you as well you know the the lifetimes after you and whether that's you know your children or your great-grandchildren or however far you go through Mm. this um yeah for those people to learn from you and for you to leave behind that like legacy yeah in this world and lifetime but also yeah for for souls and lifetime, lifetimes yeah yeah I
0: think it's important like you say I mean like you don't know the that ripple effect that you're having yeah, yeah. um yeah on on others um yeah in your life as well mm. uh, so I just wanted to go through the uh Pluto energies of the generations and like I said I'm going to put this in the show notes but um so I've gone back to 1932 (laughs) so uh, in 1932 and this is just really rough because I'm going to have it in the notes um, but cancer was in September 1932 to November 1952. Mm -hmm. Leo was November 1952 to October 1968. Virgo 1968 October to December nineteen eighty. Libra is December nineteen eighty to December nineteen ninety-two. And then Scorpio December nineteen ninety-two to December two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Um Sagittarius December two thousand and five to uh February twenty twenty and then where we are right now um Capricorn Mm. February 2020 and that is in Capricorn until January 2040 Mm. so yeah I really encourage you to yeah look at your natal uh, Pluto and what zodiac sign that is in and then also what house it's in and Looking at the polarity point, so the opposite zodiac sign and the opposite house, because that is really going to give you an understanding of how to alchemize and and where you need to work on for that that um, understanding and that transformation. Mm. And that is the same when we're doing medical astrology. We are always if you have um, a really challenging house with um planets in it for medical astrology we will always look to the opposite house Mm. so it's always in the polarity Mm. um that we want to be going towards so yeah i i am keen for you to explore further
1: yeah so cool so cool and yeah i think you know as you said take like the self-discovery self-empowerment piece is so important and not just making the time for it but the space for it as well and yeah from a time perspective from an energy perspective from an everything perspective yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. so let me know if there's any questions on this
1: yeah yeah I'm sure we will definitely be picking your brains on this for sure yeah I feel <laughs> like this is
0: just an overview because it is such a deep topic yeah.
1: and also such a personal one mm. yeah 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 like each person's you know chart is obviously going to be slightly different but then I guess their interpretation of it as well Mm. is going to mean something slightly different for each person in that sense yes that's so cool thank you wow amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a reading after this um go straight into yours yay
1: (laughs) this is the perks of um working with a Vedic astrology witch (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, T. That was amazing, as always. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would really love if you could very graciously leave us a rating or review. Um, It really helps us to reach more witches like you, but also um, it just feels really, really good for us to read. It's so nice, yeah, to get your feedback. We really, really, really appreciate it um, and love getting all of your messages and and feedback, um, not only through your ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast platform but we also love hearing from you over on social media as well mm. on instagram we're at witches being witches and in the facebook group at wbw coven we'd love to see you there we'll see you next time fellow witch
0: thanks for listening to witches being witches remember happiness is the new rich inner peace is the new success health is the new wealth and kindness is a new cool we'll see you next episode